0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the 15th chapter, glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel this morning is from Luke, chapter 15, verses 1 through 10, and can be found on page 1623 in your pew Bible. Luke records, Now. The tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and he eats with them. And then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders, and he goes home. And then he calls his friends and his neighbors together. And he says this, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. Now I tell you that in the same way, There will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or, suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, She calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. And in the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of angels of God over one sinner that repents. This is the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. This morning, we heard just part of the great lost and found parable. Jesus combined three parables together to make one grand parable in order to drive home the main point. And we heard the first two of those parables today. The third parable is commonly called the parable of the prodigal son. Now, all three of these parables illustrate the fact that Jesus calls all people to himself. He came to save all people in all places and in all times. And John wrote of this in 1 John 2, verse 2, Jesus is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Propitiation. We don't use that word very often, but propitiation is an offering to uh, of appeasement, to be reconciled and made right with. Now, there's some elements for the propitiation to be accepted, and Jesus fulfilled all of them. First of all, the propitiation, the gift, needs to be acceptable to the one who the debt is owed, God the Father. So Jesus was an acceptable offering to him. And then the other part of a propitiation is that the propitiation, the, uh, the uh, object of, has to agree, has to be in agreement to be that, and Jesus fulfilled that too. Okay, moving right along. We read that Jesus had been serving the tax collectors and the sinners with his teaching from the Holy Scriptures, and that the scribes and the Pharisees thought that this was a blasphemous use of the Holy Scriptures. After all, they would have thought, Were not the holy scriptures primarily for people who at least tried to be holy? Now, Luke records in Luke 15, verses 1 through 2, he said, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Emphasis mine. Jesus was actually drawing the most dishonorable members of society to himself. And the scribes and the Pharisees were livid. Their beaks were tweaked. They were having a cow. They were, I don't know, that's about as clean as I can keep it. They didn't like it. That Jesus would do such a thing. So Jesus told these great three parables to illustrate that receiving sinners and eating them was the main reason that he took on human flesh and that he came down to live with us. Jesus wanted the scribes and he wanted the Pharisees to see that they were also sinners who needed a Savior. And Jesus began with a parable about a shepherd with one hundred sheep. What you heard, read to you. He says, it comes from Luke's recording on 15, verse 4. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? Now, There is incredible comfort in these words. Once you understand this, once you understand that you are the lost sheep and Jesus is the shepherd and you begin to understand that even if you were the only lost sheep, he'd come looking and never stop until he found you. He would still become human so that he could die on the cross for you. He would still endure the wrath of God for you. And he would still suffer all, even if you were the only sinner on earth. Jesus continued in the parable, and when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, I have found my sheep that was lost. And it is at this point in the parable that you should ask yourself, what has the sheep done? The shepherd searched for the sheep. The shepherd found the sheep. The shepherd carried the sheep. The shepherd rejoiced as he carried the sheep home. The shepherd invited his friends and neighbors to celebrate with him because he had found the sheep in this entire parable the only thing that the sheep did was get lost then jesus gave the meaning of the parable to them Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. With these words, Jesus revealed that the sheep in the parable represented a sinner. And the associates of the shepherd represent the community of heaven, the cloud of witnesses. And this means that the shepherd represented the sinner's savior. But what about that repentance? Well, the sheep did nothing in the parable. He got lost. And if the sheep represents the sinner, then the sinner does n- nothing. Nothing. That means that the repentance that causes joy in heaven is not a work that the sinner does, but a work that God does in the sinner. And just as the shepherd does everything for the sheep, God does everything for you. He even produces Repentance in you. Okay, but pastor, what about the 99 sheep? Did those sheep return to the fold or are they still out in the open country? What happened to them? Well, these 99 refer to the scribes and the Pharisees. The scribes and the Pharisees insisted that they were already virtuous in themselves and had no need to repent. Therefore, Jesus ironically referred to them as the 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. And the scribes and the Pharisees would hear the irony in Jesus' description of them, of the 99, and that they would know that he was talking about them. And Jesus was calling for them to repent. You see, Jesus wanted to rescue them. He wanted to carry them into eternal, into the eternal celebration in his kingdom. He wanted them to rejoice with all the company of heaven, including the tax collectors, and the sinners, who also received the gift of repentance. Now, on the other hand, if the scribes and the Pharisees insisted that they had no need to repent, then their own stubbornness condemned them to an eternity outside of the kingdom of God. Now Jesus reinforced the teaching of the parable of the lost sheep in the second parable that he told. In the second parable, Jesus compared God to a woman searching for a coin, and in those days, most people lived in one-room houses that were packed uh, dirt and pebble floors, and the only light would be the light from an open door, perhaps a window, a small window, So the image is the image of a woman on her elbows and on her knees holding a lamp near the floor with one hand while gently sweeping with the other hand through the cracks between the pebbles in the floor, kind of like looking for socks underneath the bed at my house. The themes are the same, however. And that theme is something's lost, and the owner searches for it and finds it. And the owner invites the community to celebrate the restoration of that lost possession. The meaning of both parables is this. Are you ready? The meaning of both of those parables is this. When God rescues sinners by bringing them to repentance, there is a celebration in heaven. And on the other hand, sinners who reject the rescue remain condemned in their sin. Jesus talked about repentance a lot. Repentance is so important That after Jesus rose from the dead, he said that the mission of the church was to preach repentance and the forgiveness of sins in his name. That's in Luke 24, verse 47. Now, the Augsburg Confession defines repentance as this. Repentance consists of two parts. One part is contrition. That is, that terrors striking the conscience through the knowledge of sin. The other, the other part is faith, which is born of the gospel or the absolution, and believes that for Christ's sake, sins are forgiven. That is the Oxford Confession, Confession, Article Twelve. Excuse me, Seventeen. Here's the thing, we don't like that first part of repentance, the part that introduces the knowledge of sin, because it means that we must admit that we are by nature bad bad people. And we don't like that. We would prefer to think that we are good people. That was The problem that the Pharisees and the scribes had, and it is still our problem today. Jesus told this grand lost and found parable in order to teach the Pharisees and the scribes and us what John wrote in his first epistle. You'll probably recognize this if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And if we say we have not sinned, and well, then we make God a liar and his word is not in us. Now, God's search for lost sinners is much more profound than could be told in any one parable. Jesus began his search for sinners Long, long ago. The Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write this in Ephesians 1-4, that he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. And with these words, Paul tells us that Jesus, the Son of God, began his search for us even before he created the world. Today's reading from the Old Testament contains the same promise. In Ezekiel 34, verse, verses 11 through 12, For thus says the Lord of God, Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep and will seek them out. And as a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places where they have scattered on that day of clouds and thick darkness. And in today's gospel, Jesus tells us that he fulfilled the promise the promise that he made in the days of the prophet Ezekiel. Now, when the time was right, the Son of God continued his search by taking on our human flesh. And, and as he searched for us, he humbled himself under the law, even though he is the master of the law. And as he searched for us in his perfect life, he encountered the great predator, death itself. And as Jesus died on the cross, it seemed as if death had ended the search. But that was not the case. What death did not know was that Jesus intended to conquer death with his own death. Now Jesus suffered on the cross for us, but in his suffering, he did not suffer defeat. Instead, he conquered sin, death, and the power of the devil. And the victory that Jesus won on the cross became evident when he burst forth from the tomb on that third day. And his resurrection assures us that his victory on the cross earned salvation for all of us who believe. We are forgiven. Jesus Christ has adopted us into his family. And the whole point of the 99 sheep and the nine coins is that people who insist that they are not Sinners also insist that they do not need Jesus. And those who insist that they are not bad also insist that they do not need Jesus. And those who insist that they are not lost, well, they're the most lost of all. The shepherd leaves the 99 sheep, the woman leaves the nine coins. The search is for the one that is lost. And as we heard in 1 Timothy one fifteen today, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Favorite part of the sermon. In conclusion, The day that you were baptized, the day that you were baptized, God found you and God rescued you. Another sinner, through the wet gospel of holy baptism, you were rescued. Jesus searched for you. And he found you. God works repentance in us, in you, in me. Even if at the time we were baptized, we didn't even know what the word meant. Because, as we know all the sheep did in the parable was get lost, right? Well, God is the one who works repentance in you. And what joy there is before the angels in heaven over one sinner who repents. And what joy there is on earth among those sinners whose sins are forgiven. In the name of Jesus, amen.